0: Hello friends, thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible, with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please support this mission by subscribing to and rating the show on your favorite podcast channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else. By doing so, you'll help others find the help which just might save their life. Also, please help by sharing a link to the show on all of your social media channels every time a new episode drops. And always remember to recover out loud. Hello, all you beautiful souls. Thanks for joining me today for another interesting edition of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast. Now, as some people probably know, every now and then I do a bonus episode. A bonus episode has absolutely nothing to do with the content or the scope of Operation Tango Romeo of saving lives and relieving pain. However, there is a link. Um Something I've never really talked about on the show—I've probably mentioned it—it um, it just hasn't come up—is the fact that I am a Freemason, or at least I was for about six years, and I still would be, I suppose. I just, um, it just—it takes up a big chunk of life, and there's just no room with it uh, for it with with everything I do, and I, I get my sense of purpose from other areas now. But there's always lots of interesting questions. And usually, more importantly, there's usually a lack of questions. People tell me what they think Freemasonry is. (laughs) And um, because of some video they saw on YouTube. They've never actually been one, but they're going to tell me what it is. And uh, even though I spent six years of my life very, very dedicated to the craft. Um, So that's, that's interesting. The link to to the show is is this I'll try to articulate it as best as I can the link to the show is that (laughs) um, in just personal development in general uh, personal development and mindset is a big big part of trauma recovery big part of it You, you can't take one without the other developing as an individual mindset personal development all part of trauma recovery. And if you're going to develop as a human being fully, you have to be humble. You have to be humble and curious. So being humble and curious means that you don't think you know it all. Instead of thinking you know it all, you ask questions and you inquire and you defer to others' opinions um, or at least give them consideration. So that is the link. It is essential because in trauma recovery, the the trauma injured tend to lack in self and situational awareness, uh, at least so far as how they affect others. They think everybody else is the asshole Um, when it's really your own actions or words or choices of communication that's causing problems in your life. But the trauma injured have trouble seeing that. A big part of that communication piece is Choosing to listen to understand, not to respond. That that bears repeating. <laughs> it is critical to, to learn to be in such control of your ego that you can listen to understand, to truly understand, and not to respond. To not listen simply so you know how to react in a fight, so you know how to counterpunch, but to truly try to understand. And... Unfortunately, very few people get there. Uh, The older I get, I just turned 53, and people just don't get there. They don't get to the point where they listen to understand, not to respond. Instead, they figure that the way they see things is already the way things are, and they stick to it, (laughs) and that's that, and that's unfortunate because it stunts your growth. It stunts your growth. Caffeine doesn't, but this does. So, why did I became, become a Freemason way back in 06? It was. Actually, I got my... Here, might as well hold this up now. <laughs> Sorry for the audio audience, but I'm holding up my, uh, my record that says, yeah, I was a Freemason, all signed and everything else. I got it uh, professionally framed. It's pretty cool. It's a lot of work yet, one of these. Let's put it back down here. But, yeah. Um, why did I do it in the first place? Well, in 06, I'd been out of the army for 11 years and was always kind of missing that brotherhood piece. And I knew that there was a couple of Masonic lodges that were full of ex-military. Um, but a buddy of mine, his dad was a Mason and had been for ever, So and I'd always, always been curious about it. I'd read numerous books. Um, the Holy Blood and the Holy Grail, The Masonic Legacy. Uh, there's a whole string of them. And I read them all. Read them all. I thought it was fascinating. And I got to the point where, hey, you know, I just want to learn. Because how am I going to know just from reading all these books? I'm not. I'm sure not going to learn from a YouTube video of somebody that wasn't a Mason. But um, the only way to know, the only way to know about this world of Freemasonry is to join, is to go in and check it out and see what it's about. And I was also missing that sort of camaraderie and ceremony that comes with the military, because where do you find that anymore? Uh, When you graduate university, there's a ceremony and people wear funny hats and gowns. Um, But where else do you see that? Pageantry. You just don't. And um, there was something about that where I thought, there's some value here. And either way, curiosity is what got me. And so in 06, I started going through the process. Now, they don't take just anybody. You got to have a clean criminal record. Um, what's interesting is that they interviewed my wife. I was, in, I was married to Janine at the time. And they don't let you join until they sit down with your wife and the interviewer to make sure that she is completely and totally cool with you joining the Masons. And, and just that, that that was part of the process. I thought this is really interesting because family comes before the Masonic Lodge family first. That was the rule. Got a chat in here. Click on it. Um, family comes first. And I thought, well, that's great because they're not just saying it. They're, they're walking the walk here. Um, so, during that interview, sitting down with, uh, with me and Janine, they were ma- making sure that she understood that there is a time commitment, that I'd be out of the house, and that there's only certain portions that I can talk about openly, and, and the rest. I mean, we take all kinds of secret oaths and whatnot, and that she'd be okay with that, and she was. Uh, She thought that was fine. In fact, a couple years later, she ended up joining a female arm of the Freemasons called the Eastern Star. And she really loved it, quite enjoyed it, the sense of um, community and sense of, um, just like what I enjoyed, the pageantry, the ceremony, the uh, having something that's sacred. It, it was really cool. And it's work, like you have to learn a lot. Uh, you can't just um, pass your degree without learning a pile of stuff. Um, and you got to get it right, like exactly right. You don't get it right, you don't move on. Um, so I joined, did the ceremony with my buddy, which was great, uh, as a entered apprentice and you go in in your pajamas and that all means something like there's one sleeve rolled up and one knee is bare and um, part there's a part of your shirt that's torn off uh, showing your left part of your chest and uh, and you're blindfolded <laughs> for, for the entrance it's um, and then you're taken from station you're guided by somebody's got your arm and you can't see bugger all uh, they take you around and Uh, From station to station, and at each station, somebody does a piece by memory, and explains what this is and explains what that is. And of course, you don't remember any of it, but you're asked again and again, "Are you here of your own free will in a court?" And if you ever, because you can tap out at any point and say, "Nope, (laughs) I'm out." I've never seen it happen, but uh, but you can do that whenever you like. So, are you here of your own free will and accord? Yes, I am. All right, and then this is explained to you, and then that is explained to you, and then the um, the moment that the blindfold comes off, it's uh, it's like a big moment. It's really really cool. Um, there, everybody stomps their feet and claps their hand in unison as the as the blindfold comes off. Probably shouldn't have said that part because it wrecks the surprise for people that go through um, the initiation of an editor apprentice. So I apologize for that. Um, but it's really cool because it just makes it, uh, okay, now you're in the light and now you can see. And what, what is interesting from that moment that that blindfold comes off, you're a brother. So it doesn't matter if you've been doing it for 50 years, uh, and have been the Grand Master of grand lodge or the guy that just had the blindfold taken off. You're a brother. You're the same. And I think that this is probably the biggest part of where all the conspiracy theories come from because we are used to a society where it's all hierarchies and who's at the top and who's at a higher level and and pride and ego and being at uh, at a higher level well the truth in freemasonry is that there's only three degrees there's entered apprentice um fellow craft, and master mason. And that's it. Uh, when people hear about the 32nd and 33rd degree, those aren't those aren't Masonic degrees. Those are Scottish Rite degrees. And there's Scottish Rite and there's another part of the latter, I forget what it's called, Red something. But anywho, um, though, that's like an ancillary body. And the degrees aren't hierarchical. It's not one person is above another they're lateral and this is where people's minds just they they can't grasp it so if i am the guy that just had the blindfold taken off or i'm the guy that's been doing it for 50 years uh got the honorary 33rd degree and has been grandmaster of grand lodge and has all the um uh, accomplishments you could possibly have you're equal you are equal It doesn't matter if my um, vocation is janitor and the guy next to me is literally the king of England. We're brothers. In the lodge, none of that matters. We're brothers. Whether you're the guy that started on Tuesday or the guy that's been doing it forever, you're brothers. You're equal. It's a lateral system. So any of these things that you progress, it's not a hierarchy. You don't go up or down, you go across. And this idea that everybody is truly equal, regardless of your family, your income, your trade, your education, everybody's truly equal. To me, that is a real threat to society in general for the people that really like being in power. They like the pageantry that they they like um, being above you. This is a real problem for them because this destroys that this destroys the idea of hierarchy that one class of person is better than another class of person one of the most beautiful things i ever saw in lodge was um uh, and this is one of the theories that are that it, that i hear all the time oh only uh um white christians are allowed <laughs> In the lodge. Yeah, nope, no, nope. we had the colors of Bennington in our lodge. We had everybody. Uh, we had a Chinese fella and Muslim folks and black guy and uh, everything, everything you could be. And if you are of a faith other than Christianity, when you go through the ceremonies, um, your holy book, whatever that is, is on the altar, not as higher or less than any other book, but as equal to. And we had, when we had a Muslim fellow uh, come through, he's from Turkey, really, really nice guy. And I actually had a tear in my eye because there was the Koran. The Koran right there with the Bible, which we, we just call all of them the volume of the sacred law, whether, regardless of your religion. The Bible or holy book, whatever it is for your religion, Koran, whatever, is called the volume of the sacred law. And that is on the altar as an equal. And I was so touched when we we had the Muslim guy come through and just treated as the same as everybody else, and we honored his religion, we honored his background, we honored his heritage um, as equal to any other. And man, there was something special about that. And I realized, holy smokes, if the rest of the world could do this stop the division and just not be divided that we're all equal just like it says in the u.s constitution um all equal not one is above another um the law applies to everybody equally no matter who you are in life whether you're a homeless person or uh, some multi-billionaire the law applies equally to everyone um it's just a beautiful thing. And no matter what your background, what your religion, it is respected and revered. and uh, and we do, <laughs> another thing in a Masonic Lodge, we never talk religion or politics. Never, 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 ever. Um, it's matter of fact, it's part of our vows. we We tell vows to not discuss religion or politics because it causes division. And one of the core things of a Masonic Lodge is called harmony. So, yeah, people break it, people bring up politics, people bring up religion, but um, it's typically shut down in short order by by other members like, hey, hey, come on, you break the rules, oh yeah, you're right. But those rules are in place out of a sense of harmony, because we don't want to have disagreements, we don't want to have a bad vibe in there. We all just want to get along and have harmony and help each other be better people and encourage each other. It's kind of reminds me of my arm wrestling club, actually. Um, only even more so in my arm wrestling club where there, we're just there not to be stronger than anybody else, but to be stronger than we were personally yesterday and help each other do that, help each other on our journey to getting stronger and to develop and progress. That's how, exactly how it is in the arm wrestling Club. We all enjoy each other's company because uh, there's no king of the club. There's just a bunch of people trying to help each other to progress and to walk that path. And that's how it is uh, in the Masonic Lodge. Are there egos? Of course. <laughs> it's a group of human beings. So yes, uh, sometimes people are quite proud and they don't look at it as a lateral system. They look at it as a hierarchical system and they like to t- uh, brag about their accomplishments. That happens because it's a group of human beings, but when they do that, uh, they're not following the lessons, in my opinion, not the way I learned them, anyway. So I did it for about six years. I went through the three degrees, became a master mason, which is, despite all the YouTube videos, it is the highest degree in in Blue Lodge Freemasonry. Is master mason. Um, that's the third degree, and that's as, that's as high as you go. And then there's the chairs, the chairs in lodge. Um, from junior deacon, senior deacon, uh, junior warden, senior warden. I did all those chairs. And I was actually elected to be um, master of the lodge, to sit in the east. And that's that's the top of the food chain in a lodge. That's as far as he goes, is, is to be master of the lodge. And I was elected in. Um, unbeknownst to me, though, I was so overcome with, I didn't even know that I was suffering from PTSD and anxiety and depression and everything else, but that was the case. Um I can see that clearly now looking back. What I did know is that I was in a complete state of overwhelm and I really didn't think that uh as a, as the date got closer and closer that I was going to be installed as master of the lodge I didn't I I just didn't feel capable. I didn't feel capable of doing it. And that was in about 2011, 2012, 2012 is when it was. And I was overwhelmed. And I didn't think I could do it. I thought I was going to shit the bed and not succeed and bring discredit to the lodge because I just couldn't um, learn all the pieces. And I was in a complete state of, this is too much. So I, I dropped that bomb. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, but I, I said no. Uh, even though it was like, I'm already voted in, everything else, I've committed to it, I backed out. I backed out and said, no, I can't do this. Uh, and that's why I got out of the lodge because no, nobody actually came up to me and said, are you okay? Why can't you do it? What's going on? Nobody ever did. And so that was disappointing to me. I thought that this was a group of people that I just spent the last six years really dedicated to that. Somebody would show some concern, but instead of showing concern, um, they were just, uh, pissed off that I was dropping out. And so that's why I haven't been back either. I I, I might go back at some point. I probably will because I do enjoy it. Um, But I've never been back because of that experience because I felt really let down. Um, Not betrayed, but let down by that experience. So that's why I've never been back. So since those days and during those days, I've had concerned friends that have um, sent me links to every YouTube video that you can imagine warning about the evils of Freemasonry. And because I care about my friends, and also because I don't want to be a bad guy, I don't want to be involved with something that's dodgy, uh, I, I watched it all. Uh, I have probably watched upwards of 20 hours of different videos and documentaries all warning about Freemasonry. And I chuckle because every single time, every single time something would be said that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one of them is, I, I it was a lady that said it, um, that Freemasons are like the Hotel California. You can enter, but you can never leave. <laughs> Priceless. Well, I did leave in 2012, so that's been 11 years. <laughs> 11 years I've been out of the lodge. Um, yeah. It's it's fine. (laughs) Nobody called to give me a hard time about being out or um, tried to get me back in. Um, The Masons are the Illuminati. Well, I wish that was true. That'd be cool because I I went all the way through all the chairs and I did all the stuff, and then I could be an elite uh, ruler of the world. Um, But that, that, that didn't happen. In our lodge, we had a nurse and some pipe fitters and some welders. And I was a realtor at the time. Uh, no, no, so working class, blue-collar folk. That's who was in the lodge for for, for the most part. Uh, I think there was a mortgage broker in there. Um, yeah, was just regular regular people. Mostly blue-collar tradespeople. That's, that's who was there. Pretty sure they're not running the world. Um, the other... Uh, thing I hear all the times like, well, you're just not a high enough level. Well, I actually went all the way. I was a master mason and I was a senior warden. So that's top of the food chain, man. Uh, there's there's nothing that's really left to be revealed until you'll, you you make master of the lodge. And then it's just like a, an extra handshake or <laughs> that's all it is. Um, oh, it's the 33rd degree. Well, <laughs> the 33rd degree is not achieved. It is... Not something anybody can do. It is a reward um, for people that have, have 50 years of service, all the concordant bodies. I mean, it's not always 50 years, sometimes it could be 20 years, but a lot of service to all the concordant bodies of Freemasonry and to somebody that's really shown their dedication. And it's a way of saying, dude, you are committed. Like, whoa, you really put a lot in here. Good job. And so they, they, they do the 33rd. And what I hear people say is, well, that's when you find out that you're a Satan worshiper. <laughs> okay, so I personally know um, probably five people that have received the 33rd degree, five of them. So imagine this, if you will. Your granddad, after 30 years of uh, uh, participation, is brought into a secret little ceremony. And all this time, he thinks he's a good guy, uh, serving his community, um, s- serving the the children's hospitals, raising funds, helping people, being kind and, and uh, learning the, the tenets of brotherhood and just being a good human being and a, a Christian in most cases. And then all of a sudden, after a lifetime dedicated... They spring it on you. Oh, by the way, it was all bullshit. Um, you're you're a devil worshipper, and you have to be okay with that. <laughs> Could you imagine being sprung that everything that 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 you believe the opposite is true, and then being okay with it? And then continuing on with the lodge, or uh, not blowing oh, the whistle on the lodge, Pe- people would be pretty upset. They'd feel pretty betrayed if all of a sudden uh, you get the thirty-third degree, and and uh, ooh, you're a devil worshipper. Yeah, that's that defies logic. But it doesn't matter um, how carefully I try to describe that to to the people that are convinced they do, they don't. They don't listen. Uh, they, they think we worship uh, all kinds of things, and it's not true. Uh, in the launch, you do have to believe in a higher be- being, that there is something beyond ourselves, but nobody cares if it's Christianity, Buddhism, um, anything. And we're, we don't even ask you, well, what's your faith? Nobody cares. Just that you think there is something greater than ourselves. There is some sort of creator. You could think it's a pop can if you want, we don't care. If you believe there is a creator, good enough. That's the, the, the core element. Um, and if you've been investigated and um, are of good rapport with, with a couple other people that are in that lodge, then good enough. And if your spouse is good with it and it's not going to cause any disruption at home, okay. Okay, you can do the work and come on in. So what is the work? The work is a whole pile of memory work. Uh, like a pile. When I was senior warden, I learned the, um, the senior warden's charge, which is roughly 10 minutes of old Elizabethan English that I can still remember the first page. um, But not much past that. Uh, It it takes typically about six months to, to, uh, to, to memorize it. It's one of the biggest pieces in Freemasonry. It's seven pages of that little tiny book that they give us that we don't share with anybody. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's what Freemason masonry is is brotherhood, it's um, it is a set of values and sort of a code of ethics of, of how to treat each other. <laughs> they say that if if uh, uh, another one that I've heard, if there's a judge who's a Freemason and, and you're standing before the judge with a criminal charge, you do like a magic hand sign or something to signify that you're a Freemason and then uh, the judge lets you off the charge. <laughs> that's that's probably my favorite one. Um, no, nope, you're not even going to get off a traffic ticket. That, that, that is not so. In fact, um, in one of the degrees, part of what we, uh, in our oath to each other, as just basically how to be a good friend. Like, what is a friend? We kind of codify it and, and, and like, you're a good friend if you're a bad friend if. Uh, so we try to be a good friend to each other. And um, there are limits. And how we word that limit, insofar as there is no harm to myself or my family. So if you're in trouble, I will help you unless you're breaking the law. Then I'm going to report you. <laughs> if you're breaking the law, I'm not going to help you break the law or cover that up. Quite the opposite. And as we say it, it's right in the work. It's right in the oath that we don't cover up crimes. We're going to report you for your crime if you commit a crime. And uh, chances are very good you're going to get kicked out of the lodge. We don't have criminals in the lodge. It's not allowed. Um, and if you do commit a crime... We're not going to cover it up. I'm not going to help you cover it up. Uh, and if you ask me for help and that help is going to cause harm to me or harm to my family because I can't afford it, well, then I'm not going to provide that help. Because what you're asking isn't for help. You're you're actually asking me to sacrifice myself Um in a way that I'm not help, you know, it doesn't, doesn't balance out. Like I'm getting more of damage to myself than what you're receiving in, in help. So we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't, um, we don't cover up crimes and we don't help out, uh, each other if it's uh, just way, way too much to ask, if it's going to cause harm to our family. Um, and that's that's the ins and outs. So I did six years uh, earlier in this uh, video for for those that uh, are, are on the video version of this and not the audio version. Held up my certificate of uh, uh, my master's mason's certificate it was pretty cool. And I hope that answers a lot of questions. Now, I know that it doesn't matter that I was a masturbation and I achieved all these levels and everything else. There's still going to be people saying the same thing that they always say. Oh, you just didn't reach the, you know, you don't get the real secrets because you didn't go high enough. I went as high as you can get. I went all the way. (laughs) There's nothing that's revealed to me except for uh, a couple of, uh, one secret handshake. I I don't know because it's uh, for past masters and stuff. That's all I don't know. That's it. There's nothing else. And and that's all there is to it. Anyway, folks, um, one of the big points of doing this and sharing this is simply, if you want to progress as a human being, to be the best person that you can, you have to know that you don't know. I don't know who the, if that was Socrates, but the only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. I certainly know nothing. I know very little. I can describe my experience in this world. And I can do that, but I don't actually know jack shit. And neither does anybody else. And that is very difficult for people to let go of the idea that they know something. Very, very difficult. Because that's your ego hanging on. Your ego that is seeking control, seeking a foothold in this reality where you know what's going on. But you don't. You don't know what news stories are true and which ones aren't. You don't know Anything about anything, and either do I. None of us do. Um, you know if you're loved. You know if you are giving love. And and that's that's about it. Everything else is a best guess. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Love you all. And I look forward to your comments. Take care. Hello, my friends. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I hope you found value in today's episode. If you found this episode helpful, healing, or informative, please let me know by leaving a rating on either Spotify or Apple. And please share, share like the sugar bear on all of your social media channels because sharing is caring.